Hello and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we are in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, let's just begin by remembering that, that this letter is one of the pastoral letters. And so the Apostle Paul, he is writing to Timothy, who is a young pastor who's been left in Ephesus to, to lead that church, to establish elders. And, uh, and so Paul is writing to Timothy really encouraging him and reminding him of, of what his work is to look like and what the church is to look like. And so when we get to chapter four, Paul has some instructions for Timothy that I want to I want to look at and, and I want to look at it with an eye to um, a, a pastor's expectation, but really uh, by extension, this applies to every Christian, every Christian. The, the principle here that is going to be presented is one that whether you're a pastor or a layperson, whether you're a, a an eight-year-old, a 15-year-old, or a 50-year-old, this has merit to your life. And so let me show you what, what our, our text is for the day. We're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. It says, verse 7, have nothing to do with irrelevant, irrever, irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Now, let's just stop there for a second. There's a contrast here. The irreverent, silly myths. This is talking about the latest, greatest idea. This is talking about theological speculation. This is talking about things that might be true, might be uh, helpful, versus what is actually the truth of the gospel and the truth of the revealed word of God. You see, we live in a world, just like Timothy did, where there are all sorts of competing ideas. There's always a, a new idea being presented. And the believer, the believer, we need to be careful not to get caught up in that. I know there's always a new book coming out. I know there's always a, a new kind of like a program or curriculum that as Christians, we, we can find ourselves overwhelmed by it. But none of it, we've talked about this before, none of it beats the word of God. So <clears throat> instead of pursuing all these strange ideas, it says, rather, train yourself for godliness. Well, how does one train themselves for godliness? Well, how does one know what godliness is? The scriptures reveal what godly, godliness is. The person and work of Jesus Christ is the perfect portrayal of godliness. So it says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, I love the Apostle Paul. He says, you know what physical training is? It brings some value. Now, maybe you, you're listening to this as you're working out. Uh, maybe you have a workout regimen. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe you're a lifter. You know what? Good for you. Your, your body is a temple uh, of the Holy Spirit, and you and I, we should take care of our bodies to the best of our ability. In our church, we've got a bunch of young guys, and they work out together, and they love it, and they they're like got their eyes on the prize, and they're pushing forward, and, and it's really impressive to watch, and it is of great value. But listen, this text reminds us, bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of, is of a value in every way. It, a godly life, a life built on the word of God, a life that's striving after the, the moral requirements of God for a godly life, 
not trying to earn salvation. Paul's been very clear about that. This is a godly life that's built off of the gift of Jesus. What we've already received, his death and his resurrection, trusting that by faith we are saved. Now, now we live and we train ourselves for godliness. So what does this look like? This looks like, well, maybe cutting out media from your life that is leading you to think the wrong way. Maybe there's lustful entertainment or uh, music you listen to that gets you angry or, or gets you feeling rather selfish. Those kind of things. You're not training yourself for godliness. You are training yourself for godlessness. Training yourself for godliness looks like reading the word, meditating on, on the scripture, memorizing the, the, the passages of scripture that are helpful for you. In fact, verse eight might be a good one to start with. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And look at the end of it. As it holds promise for the present life and the life to come. See, the physical training you do, it will hold value for this life, but not the life to come. But the godly training you do, it will hold value for this life and for eternity. Eternity. See, the Lord wants to shape your soul. The Lord wants to sharpen your integrity. The Lord wants to make you, young or old, man or woman, he wants to make you a, a, a man of God or a woman of God. He wants you to be trained in godliness. So our, our ancient way for our modern day, it's not to say, well, don't work out. No, no, you probably should hit the gym. Some of us need to hit the gym more, right? But, but rather to understand that, that we should be training ourselves, not just physically, but we should be training ourselves in knowing the word and living the word. It reminds me of Ezra, Ezra chapter seven, verse 10. The, the text says that Ezra, he sought to study the book of the law to live the book of the law, and then to teach the book of the law. You see, Ezra, like Timothy, like Paul, like you, like I, were striving to live according to, he was striving to live according to God's purposes. And that begins with studying, knowing God's word. You can't be godly without knowing it. Living it, not just a head knowledge, but a, a lived out lifestyle. And then, and then teaching it to others training others in godliness as well. This is our ancient way for our modern day.